What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. Alright, let's get to it. Episode number... 29. Sean, did you know that Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins are dating? Get out of here. I know, they, right? they just look like friends after the pay-per-view, to be honest. Anyway, episode 29 of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. We're your hosts. A lot to get to today in the wrestling world, CJ. A lot that actually happened as we were recording this on the day of. Mm-hmm. A lot that happened that we're going to open the show with a uh, new creative direction for both Raw and SmackDown. We'll get to that in a second. Lots of Twitter beef. A lot of Twitter beef. We'll talk stomping grounds. We'll talk the WWE product going forward. We have Fighter Fest this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll touch on some Free on Bleacher Report Free Live. Bleacher People Report. watch it. And from what the AEW Twitter has said it seems like Fight for the Fallen is going to be free on Bleacher Report Live too. We'll get to that Don't as well. Don't expect All Out to be free. All Out will uh, will not be free. Okay. <laughs> Probably uh, not. No, it will not be free, but it, like we said it off mic, it's a good strategy to kind of build up and get ready for All Out. I actually, you know, enjoy Get them hooked in. Get Especially hooked when you in. don't have a TV deal right now. Yeah, I think it's so, very smart. I think very smart because you know what? You use this kind of as if you had the TV deal in place. That's what these two shows are. But um, yeah, anyway, I would think so. So we'll discuss that. Um, we'll discuss the G1 brackets being released, early favorites going into the G1 tournament, mm-hmm. all of that and more. But CJ, let's start with the breaking news. And again, we are recording on the day of this happening. Early this morning, uh, it was announced on Sports Illustrated and later confirmed by the WWE that Vince McMahon has hired both Paul Heyman and he has brought back Eric Bischoff to be two executive directors of WWE television. Paul Heyman will represent Raw. Eric Bischoff will represent SmackDown. Now, there's been a lot of tweets, a lot of positive feedback, a lot of negative feedback, a lot of this is great. Who a thinks lot of, this is a bad idea? Well, it's not that it's a bad idea. It's just, oh, it goes through Vince still, so what? what's Ooh. really different? CJ, okay, give yes. me your... I should have reworded it like that. CJ, give me your thoughts. What are your immediate thoughts on Heyman and Bischoff being brought in? My immediate thoughts are, this is great. Um, Heyman, uh, for, I mean, we saw... Some of the best years of SmackDown was Heyman writing the show and taking, having the, you know, taking the control of everything for the most part. Um, B- Bischoff, it's great too. I mean, you have two guys who, at a certain point, were holding some of the most entertaining pro wrestling around. 
with Heyman running ECW and excuse me, Bischoff running uh, WCW and obviously Vince McMahon with WWF back in the day. I I saw a funny thing from Ryan Satin today. Um, (laughs) uh, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman are both running TV shows and Toy Story 4 and Men in Black (laughs) are all (laughs) movie theaters. Um, But no, but I think... It's 20, 1999. (laughs) That was a tweet I saw today. Yeah. So I think this is a great idea. I mean, we all know how the brilliant minds of Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff and also Eric Bischoff uh, I think another reason why he was selected to be Smackdown was because he will also be handling the communication with the Fox executives himself um, I mean before I think before Eric Bischoff was in charge of WCW he was also working in, in television as well so he has that experience and he has that under his belt as well and the experience with the big networks like working with TNT yeah, yes, as well like, like TNT so, so when Fox comes in in October like so you he's, said so he's familiar with that uh, that level of expertise but I think this is great I mean the negative being that can people can look at well they still have to report to Vince yes but I feel that uh I was watching the news video from Cultaholic on YouTube today that uh, Ross was saying that he thinks Vince probably has the mindset of, I trust you, Eric and Paul. Do what you need to do. Do what you think will help shake things up and help bring a change, a good change to the product. You know, let me know and fill me in what's going on. I think Vince, this is the start of Vince starting to stop micromanaging everything. And I think it really is him starting to trust people and loosen his grip uh, on creative control in the WWE because the XFL it's something that you've brought up a lot that the XFL is coming up relatively soon February yeah so he's gonna need to step back just a little bit I obviously I think WWE will always be his number one will always be his main passion and love and he's always gonna be a part of it until the day he dies but if he wants to have other business ventures he does have to let he does have to have other people who he can trust who he can uh allow that he thinks will have a good product and I think this is a great step forward um, because as much as we've kind of like taken a big dump over WWE in the past recent uh, months and episodes we've been doing this we want WWE to succeed we want AEW to succeed we want all wrestling companies to succeed who have great guys and girls on there because there are a lot of guys and girls I love in WWE, like AJ Styles and Ricochet, Cesaro, and uh, Robert Roode, and uh, Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, and the list goes on and on. And there are a lot of great guys and girls we love in AEW as well with the Elite and, you know, uh, Lucha Brothers. And just, I'm rambling here. But the point is, we want wrestling companies to be successful because we love pro wrestling. And we don't want it to be a chore to say, oh, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan. And we want to be proud and say that, yes, I'm a wrestling fan. And there's, there's some really great stuff going on. So it's the right step moving forward. I, You've nailed it right on the head. There's, I Really, I can't go any further. I absolutely agree with you. Um, and we were talking about this off mic, too, about... And again, I mean, they're the only... Negative is, and again, no one thinks this is a bad idea, it's, but it's, well, they have to go through Vince. I personally don't think Vince would have made this move if he wasn't going to start, you know, stepping back and yeah, start sure. giving a little bit more control to somebody else. And, you know, maybe this is a good transition to getting Triple H to that role. Is And, and people were saying this today, well, why didn't you give it the role to Triple H? 
That's not the role Triple H is getting. Triple H is going to be the CEO of the company going forward at some point. He's not getting the executive director role. I at some point, I think these another, two are going to report to Triple H. I thought about that too, and I've read other comments about that. I thought of another thing immediately. Well, he runs NXT and 205 Live. Mm-hmm. He's already writing for two shows in the company. To, to give him Raw and SmackDown overall, like I think that would be too much for him, and I think he'd get a chance of like see... like. I think the other shows would be hurt in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so much NXT because they pre-tape all those episodes, but probably 205 Live. Right. Well, my point is at some point, again, he's going to take Vince's position. And no, he's yeah, going to yeah, yeah. oversee everything, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess when it comes to, well, can we just put Triple H in charge now? I put it this way. I love him in charge right now. But like you said, this is a great first step moving forward. Vince is finally understood. Not that there's necessarily a problem, but wrestling has changed. You know, I need to take a step back, especially with the XFL coming. I trust Paul. I trust Eric. You know, they have two great minds for the business. Eric has dealt with a big television company before and has thrived on a big television company. Failed as well, but mostly been a success with WCW in the late 90s. You know, I said before, it's 2019 1999 was probably one of the best years in wrestling history when it comes to WCW When it comes to WWF. money, then yeah, it was the most lucrative. It was one of the most successful, the most It was definitely the, the lucrative years. part of pro wrestling for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So, you know, I say it's 201999 I say it in a good way because I think and like you said we want all wrestling to succeed and you know we've been saying for weeks that AEW has been a swift kick in the ass to the WWE and mm-hmm. I think they finally realized that now you have two guys writing for your two big shows and not saying that you know it's going to magically change overnight but you're going to start to see the changes you know slowly but surely and it's going to turn into a much better product as the months go on I mean it's not going to fix everything it's not going to fix the fact that we still have like nine more years of these Saudi Arabia shows. Well, that's not their fault. <laughs> but one thing I hope can really... And that sh- wouldn't be their fault as executive directors anyway. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I really hope, and forgive me, I'm about to scream a little, get Shane McMahon off TV. Oh, he's going to win the world title. Well, maybe not anymore. I had to not move the microwave for that. Charge. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Just, I think we should just transition into that real quickly. Just... Well, we've said we've said what we needed about yeah. The, I mean, that's, about Paul and that's Eric. So all you that's now. all you need to know. Let's exactly. Just, it's a great idea. It, the product will be better. We may now switch into the current product, which is garbage. Yeah, I, let, let's let's start off with um, with stomping grounds and just and just to say that stomping grounds up until the main event was actually going pretty well. It wasn't well. that bad. It wasn't that bad. It was it was a it was a thumbs in the middle pay per view for me. Thumbs in the I like it. So, thumbs in the middle. I can't take credit to that. That was that was all <laughs> wrestle talk. <laughs> like you know I'm just literally doing the bar thing thumbs in the middle that's yeah. what it was for me it wasn't a bad show it wasn't a great show but I but I enjoyed could have been worse could have been a lot worse I enjoy, but for the most part I enjoyed it I liked it um uh for me the best match in the show was Joe and uh, Ricochet I actually had not been able to rewatch uh Owens and Zayn against the New it Day it was very good I was saying to you off mic that I was uh, getting dinner uh, for my girlfriend and my sister when um, the match was going on, so I missed it. But I heard, for the most part, that was probably the best match in the show, next uh, next to Ricochet and Joe. Yeah, it was neck and neck. I, I'm, 
I wouldn't want to say. I mean, again, Joe and Ricochet was great, but yeah, the funny thing was with New Day and Kofi and or not with New Day and uh, Kevin and Sammy. It was setting up the steel cage match. Obviously, you knew Kevin and Sammy were going to go over with how early they were on the card, but it was a very good match. The storytelling was good. All four were involved in major ways. False finishes the whole time. Like it was a good match. Clearly, New Day are now the Big E's back are back in the tag team division. I know Sami Zayn on Sami Zayn's on Raw, but just move him to SmackDown. Keep a team with him and Kevin, even but though just, or just end this it, brand split once it, and for all. Even though. Well, I would hope with Bischoff and Heyman, they can that like they that people will stay on the brands that they're at. No more, no well, more Kofi showing th- up on Raw. Well, no more Seth showing up on SmackDown. That's what I was thinking because this wild card rule is ridiculous. No, get rid of the wild card rule. Uh, keep people where they're supposed to be. Yep. Um, I would say since now that they've set up like Joe and Kofi, um, you know. Keep your plans for now for Extreme Rules, and then after Extreme Rules, don't have... And have everything set on your brands coming to SummerSlam. Have people go for the titles that they're facing. I yep. mean, if Joe was... If Kofi was on SmackDown, uh, on Raw, and if the WWE Championship was on Raw, or or if Small Joe was on SmackDown, I'd be more okay with this. But just because he's a Raw guy going after the SmackDown World title, it just doesn't... Right. This week, SmackDown clearly showed that SmackDown's the B show. But going through the rest of the pay per view, um, Bailey and Alexa was not was was not not a bad match. Um, I loved the finish of Kofi and Dolph. Just I've never, oh my god, my jaw dropped. I was like, that was incredible. Yeah, just the finish itself was incredible. The match but itself could have been okay. a lot better. It could have been a lot, but it's a but lot. But again, the finish was it's, cool. It's a lot of we've seen Dolph and Kofi. It, yes. That's a really sad thing is that Dolph Ziggler is so great, but we just don't care anymore. We can't get invested that he's a credible threat to take a world title off of somebody like Kofi Kingston. We, mm-hmm. we just don't. Um, going back uh, after Ricochet won the U.S. title, you had a bunch of baby pages and Charlotte for some reason. She was like, oh, yeah, yeah, great job. And then and There was then, a lot of speculation and, she was going to be the referee uh, at the end of the night. I read a lot of speculation on that. I don't know. Anyway, we'll get to that. Well, it was a woman, but it just wasn't Charlotte. Um, and then I liked the transition with, like, heavy machinery, like, congratulating Ricochet, like, I love you, Ricky. And then they went out for their match. I'm like, oh, cool. Um, they tried their best to get over uh, get over. Otis and Tucker as baby faces, um, which they are a great babyface tag team, but being in Daniel Bryan's home state of Washington, it was tough. It was really tough. But that tag match was incredible. We'll put it this way. Regardless of where the match was, Heavy Machinery is going to be taken seriously now. No, I think so, because they put on a hell of a performance. They put, they, they, that was their best performance on the main roster, bar none. I don't think it hurts them in the slightest. I no. think you've... It, it was. A they bre- were going to lose that match. It was a, yeah, I thought so, too. It was a breakout match, and it was great to have those, because... Them, Brian and Rowan, New Day, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, that's a really solid tag division. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre was actually a lot better than I expected. It was that, better than the one at Mania. Oh, it was way better than the WrestleMania match. <laughs> why Why have a great match at Mania when you can have a great match at a... Uh, With 76,000 ex- less people. <laughs> yeah, apparently... Fight for the fight for the fallen, stomping grounds where we kick ass and take names. <laughs> That's my Michael Cole impression. Had six thousand people. Had six thousand people, but only like forty six thousand tickets. I'm sorry, four forty six hundred tickets were sold. 
So they were doing a lot of buy one get one deals. So it was really it was blacked out. Raw the following night only had like three or four thousand people, and then, SmackDown and then the next night was worse. Had like fifteen hundred to two thousand people, and these are like close to ten thousand seat arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they were all kind of in the same area of each other, within like two hundred miles of each other, but still, that's really bad. Mm-hmm. When they were in the Staples Centers a few weeks ago. Um, they only had nine thousand people, and that holds up to eighteen to twenty thousand people. Uh, it's, one, well, it's one of the the biggest and most famous venues in the country. Yeah, I know, and they couldn't sell that out. Yeah, and they usually yeah, it has held multiple usually, WrestleManias, multiple SummerSlams. Usually, they do Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually. Um, and then what else happened? Roman. I I really want Shane McMahon to go away. Really want Shane McMahon to go away. We'll get to Shane in a minute. Um. <laughs> The Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins match was really bad, um, and it, it did exactly what I feared: setting up a mixed tag match with Seth and Becky against Lacey and Baron. You, by the way, look more like friends than a couple. I, it just they they looked Are like he saving the kiss for after the match because it was, I don't know. It's they looked really uncomfortable doing that. Did they break up for real? No, they're still together. I know, <laughs> but they looked really uncomfortable. I just feel like. Because that's the thing about Rollins and Becky. Everybody speculated that they were dating, and then you find out, oh, they are dating. But they were great. They're great on their own. Like, just let them be their own people. I don't know. If it means it's the end of this Lacey Evans, Becky Lynch feud, and this Baron Corbin Well, it is Rollins because feud, they said this is the last one. And I really, really hope they just move on yeah. from this. Really hope so. But, yeah, the... It was, it was just a bad. The, the main event really put a sour taste. It was in my predictable. Mouth. Like as soon as they announced Lacey as the ref, I said, I know exactly what's going to happen. At some point, this is going to turn into no countouts. At some point, it's going to turn into no disqualification. At that very moment, Lacey's going to get the crap kicked out of her by Becky. Becky's a new ref's going to hit the ring, and the match is going to end with a curb stomp. That's it. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. It was I think, predictable. I think a big thing to talk about that would happen on Raw is that Undertaker came back. That was a shot out of nowhere. And the reports are that setting up Undertaker Drew McIntyre at next Please year's WrestleMania. Please give me McIntyre and, ta- and Taker at Mania. That is something that, like, we've been saying it for months, CJ. Give him a young guy like Drew, can work with him well in the ring, is fast, knows his craft, can get a good match out of the Undertaker. Undertaker will put him over, obviously, because I know we say this every year, but this has got to be the last match, right? We hope so. He should he should have retired like three or four years ago. Right? Don't give him Goldberg. Don't give him Lesnar, even though Lesnar, maybe, probably not. Don't give him any of these, you know. Don't give him Roman. Don't legends. give him Roman. Don't give him Shane. Please, for the love of God, don't give him Shane. Well, I think you're gonna get Shane at some point. Now that we have Jesus. this, well, you got the mix. Well, you got the mix. You got the tag match at Extreme I wouldn't Wolves be surprised now. if they do Shane and Taker at SummerSlam. I wouldn't be leading to that. But anyway. But yeah, um, my point is give him a young guy. If you notice notice how sad it was to watch them at at, uh, Super Showdown, like Tech Taker was like, he looked really hard to walk. It could have been the flight because that flight's really long. Whereas he came back on Monday, he looked a lot better as far as movement with a chokeslam with Shane. I mean. Yeah, he looked 10 years younger. There are a few reasons why Taker came back. Uh, Booker T speculated that he probably wanted to have one last good match before he eventually came back for a big show and and try to get that awful memory of the Goldberg match out of his mind and move past it. Like I saying like I can't let that be my last. I mean match I can't for a while. blame him. I mean for look, that. you saw a look on his face how disappointed he was. And another thing is the ratings are really bad. Trying to get Undertaker to boost ticket sales, and apparently um, if reports are true. 
he wants to face Drew at Mania next year. Yeah, and, and apparently it was handpicked. And I love that. And honestly, uh, Drew desperately, desperately needs a big win over somebody like Taker. Yep. I- I've been saying in this podcast how much I love Drew McIntyre, and I've said how they possibly can't mess him up. They're getting close. But, but they have. Not close, they have. He's Shane McMahon's heater. Yeah. How does that make any sense? They had nothing for him after the Roman match. Nothing. That's apparently too. But apparently, like the report said, that creative and creative didn't have anything for Drew after Roman. How? I don't. I don't, I don't get. Well, especially I, when you have Seth as the champion. I don't get how he's not the top heel on Raw. I don't. I don't get when you have a guy like Drew McIntyre and a guy like Samoa Joe too, who are not at the top of the card. Yeah. Joe's closer there now because he's facing Kofi, but, but he's on the SmackDown side while he's on the Raw brand. I know. And hopefully, with also with Bischoff and Heyman going in, these two out of three false stipulations come in. It's amazing how they've made us hate a match that Gargano and Cole did so amazing in. Mm-hmm. And apparently the reason for that is Vince wants to try and stop wrestling during ad breaks. That's all well and good. But if this is your plan, please stop it. Get some help. <laughs> and I heard that last night, that they're going to stop wrestling during ad breaks. How? It, it his logic time to, out. <laughs> uh, his logic to it is like real sports don't have ad breaks when the ma- when the action's going on. That's true. That's true. Do but, your commercials in between matches. But structure your show better. Right. Don't do the commercials in between matches if you're going to stop them for commercials. Do them in between. Do them in between segments. Do them in between matches if you if you want to do that that's fine but i swear to god if i were to ever go to a raw or smackdown and not anytime soon by the way no and i see them stop a match midway because i know they went to commercial i'm walking out of the door oh there was tickets on StubHub for like 34 35 bucks which would be about 40 on like the first level and i was tempted but i'm just like the one at the prudential center in two weeks? yeah and, and raw i'm just like i was birthday, i was te- oh shit that's right don't get me wrong i'm still not going <laughs> i was tempted i'm just like but no <laughs> I'm, I'm not going not anytime I'm, soon i'm not going no um but I, I would say getting back to drew he would be he's a great guy to uh, please just retire the undertaker and most casual fans Looking over time, are not going to remember. Sad, can't really move anymore. Undertaker. They're yeah. going to when Drew would say that, if, like uh, to get heat. Um, I would think they they just they just remember Undertaker in his glory and like this guy beat him. Boo. Like seriously, Drew can be the top heel in WWE. He can be the top heel in all of professional wrestling. You just got to give him the ball to run with it. And beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania will give him that because you mm-hmm. remember what happened when Roman did it. He had all the heat in the world, oh which also God. meant all the momentum ten, in the world. Ten minutes, like five, ten minutes in that ring. In Orlando. Said nothing. Took all the boos and That's the That's when chance. it should have did the heel turn. That should have happened right then It should have happened right there. And then he would have had all the momentum in the world going into SummerSlam Picks that up year. the mic. This is my yard now. Drops it. Heel. Like... That's as heels it gets. I remember all the like, and then the next week he's fighting Braun Strowman. I think Adam Pacitti from Cultaholic tweeted, "Roman Reigns just cut the best heel promo of all time." He absolutely did. But we got Roman Reigns. We got now. Um, and again, I think they're messing up Reigns. I really, they are. I mean, I, the I'm, fact that he got booed, you know, months after <laughs> beating cancer, he got booed. On it's Sunday. like that. Just 
I just uh, he was I, getting cheered by the end of the match, but I his entrance he was getting booed. It just doesn't make any sense to me. How can you mess this up with a guy who's been beat cancer? Like theoretically, nobody should ever boo him again until he does something so terrible. Well, again, I think that's something that Bischoff can fix. I think so, too. The good news is, too, because that match at Stomping Grounds, it started with him getting booed and him getting cheered. There's still potential to turn this thing around. No, I think so, too. I think it's starting to get really bad, but I think with Bischoff at the helm of SmackDown, I think they can really do something good with Roman and just just get get Shane out of there. Do do something in the next pay-per-view and get get Shane out. Shane kill him off storyline? Like, he... he, There's X-Pac heat and go-away heat and all this other heat... With heels that are that's not just it's not like all oh, the heat that you want for pro wrestling. It's it's just like we don't want to see you go the f away. Like just go fall in a ditch. Like that's how bad it is when I see Shane McMahon on my TV or I see Shane McMahon on my on my phone, Twitter feed, or whatever. It's so awful. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Like Shane McMahon is probably the biggest reason why I don't want to watch WWE television right now. Why is he? have guys like The Revival and Drew McIntyre as his lackeys and Elias sometimes and Bobby Lashley sometimes. It's just so, When so all of these weird. guys can be pushed to the moon. When all these guys can be big stars on their own. I don't mind. Even Bobby can. Yeah, Lashley can too. He's proven it outside. I think the one thing I would be okay with Shane is if he was running... A group of guys as the leader but didn't wrestle that's different yeah but the fact that he has been built to be so dominant and to be such this credible heel like why is Shane McMahon being built this way like there are reports that and I told you about this that He's the one that's going to beat Kofi for the title. It's a rumor. It, it's a that's, rumor. That's rumor it's and speculation. Rumor, like you said, they're dominating him to a point where at some point, whether he wins or not, he's going to have the title well, match with Kofi. Wrestle votes say they don't know what the end game for this plan with Shane is, but their sources are saying they wouldn't be surprised if Shane, if it was to set up a match with Shane uh, to beat Kofi for the title. And then other people have speculated and have Roman beat Shane, which that would be 10 times worse than when he beat Triple H at WrestleMania. Yes, because you know it's coming. Honestly, and again, I, that, another thing, Eric Bischoff can fix that. Yeah, honestly, I think a new rule should be if you win a championship from Raw or SmackDown, you need to go to that brand. Yeah. I think that should be a rule. I in think place. what Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman should do today, their first days on the job, is they should request everything that has been planned out for the next six months. And they're going to spend the next two weeks or whatever you either really, rewriting it Do or, you really think they have plans set up for the next six months? My point months? is, say, I want all the plans that we have going forward, and we're going to see if it makes sense or if it needs to be changed. Creative, that's, that's what should be the first Creative's going to show job. them, this is only for next week. Yeah, this is all we got. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Then it's going to be rewritten. It's like, okay, this is crap. Let's rewrite it and go from there. Oh, my God. Please, Heyman, Bischoff, save us. Save us, please. I think they will. Slowly but surely, they will. I think so, too. But, again, Um, I mean, the good thing about all this crap is these two can save us. They can save the inevitable. I think so. And I think we we touched upon the low ticket sales of how bad it's been. Yeah. Hopefully that can be boosted up. Um... I don't know, but I'm not excited for Extreme Rules right now. No, I'm not. Um, but I am excited for the potential of AJ Styles and Ricochet having a match at Extreme Rules. 
Um, continue that feud for the rest of the summer, please. Bring me the he, club back. Yes, right please. Now. Turn AJ Styles heel because he's a better heel. He is a better heel, but I also think he has done a lot as a babyface in the past couple of years, and I need a change. Not, he he does need a little change. He needs a little change. He needs. He's done everything he could as a babyface. He, he needs a tweak in his character, and. Not that I don't think AJ Styles is boring, but he needs something to shake things up. Just a little something, you know? Um, and I think AJ is a heel working with Ricochet as a babyface. That would be great. Uh, also on SmackDown, we got, a, we got a tease of Nakamura and Finn Balor. Give me that now. Which apparently that match was supposed to happen a few weeks ago at SmackDown. There was a dark match so they could make room for more, for that 30-minute long Shane McMahon segment. Oh, God. So stupid. Anyway, but... Can we kill off Shane McMahon? But not, not come, like Lucha Underground style or yeah. Impact style? As long as it's not for real. <laughs> like how like how Allie did in Impact when yes. she died and went to AEW. She got like a, what, like a knife thrown in her throat or something? Yeah, she got a throat slit. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do that to Shane. <laughs> yeah, Vince is going to do that on his disclaimer. We, his disclaimer: We don't want Shane McMahon to actually die. We just want him to be killed off television. Yes, like his dad there's was a, multiple there's, times there's a, in the limo. Have Shane McMahon blow up in the limousine. Oh God! Have Shane blow up in the limousine, and hopefully they don't have to cancel it for horrible reasons two weeks later. Anyway, we may okay. continue. So, no, yeah, um, Nakamura and Balor. I almost forgot my train of thought. Yeah. Hopefully that can be really good too. We all thought Nakamura and AJ would be really good, but I hope that one under delivered. Except their money yeah. in the bank match, that was their best one. I would hope that also Bischoff would. They also have a little power to say, "Do what brought you to the, do what brought you to the dance. Yep. Work your style." Because Nakamura was able to work his style in NXT and had a great NXT run, whereas his main roster main roster run has been lukewarm at best. Yeah. I mean, his best matches... Even his first year wasn't that great. No. And it, they were building him to win the Rumble and go against AJ. His best matches, singles matches, were probably against Orton and Cena on SmackDown. Yeah. And then after that... Um, his last match with AJ Money in the Bank was really good. Yes. That was the one they should have had at Mania. I'm just like, why didn't they have that? I mean, I get the whole heel turn afterwards to set up more matches. And the but last man standing stipulation. Yeah. But Nakamura has, hasn't truly really recovered from that. Yeah. But anyway, I would love to see just Balor and Nakamura work really well. They they have worked really well together. I mean, it sh- Balor's last match in NXT was, was Nakamura. Against Shinsuke. Was against Shinsuke. On an NXT TV taping. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. So, give me that for the rest of the summer. Um, I saw something on Instagram today where I would where they, it's a graphic of Balor, Nakamura, and Andrade. I wouldn't mind a triple threat match, but um, give me the one on one match first. Yeah, for sure. Or at least let me know the one on one match is coming, and then you can throw Andrade yeah. in wherever you want. Put, put Andrade with Ali this summer if that's the case. Which yeah. apparently he has like his new gimmick is hindsight, where yeah. he sees people doing bad things or bad things to themselves. He's just like, mm, they probably shouldn't do that. The video package was cool, but I just like bust. Cringeworthy at best. <laughs> I don't know. No, but I think uh, I would just hope it leads for big things for Ali. And then Bray Wyatt. I think Bray Wyatt's coming coming out pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, his little puppet pals have <laughs> been showing up in backstage segments. And we've kind of criticized it. But honestly, one of the better things in the past month or so have been the 24-7 title segments. 
Oh my god. We have to admit that now. No, and, They've and, been and so honestly, funny. I've been so dead wrong, and and maybe not dead wrong in the championship, but dead wrong on how they're presenting it and the champion. I got to give our truth a lot of credit here. I don't like our truth, but he's been very entertaining and Him very and, funny. And give Drake Maverick and Drake Maverick too. too. Oh my god, they've oh been my really god, the well. The wedding together. segment. Oh, I was rolling on the floor. <laughs> I was like, at his. He showed wedding. up at his wedding. He's coming down the aisle. There's a referee. What? What are you? One, two, three. <laughs> and it was at the real wedding too. Like I know. Oh, it was incredible. It was really funny. He's like, and for the record, guys, the, the couple was really not getting divorced. Like <laughs> they probably did that after the wedding was the, over. The uh, what should we call it? The the segment they had Miss TV and it's like give me a shot I want the love of my life back Carmelo's like ah truth give him a shot he just wants to win his wife back not my wife I want to make, I want to make that the twenty four seven title incredible like, but you see what Archie would say he goes I thought we were at Carmelo's wedding <laughs> Carmelo's looking at him like really <laughs> but no I mean you got to give those two credit you you know everybody it's, involved again the wedding segment was so the, funny the few things that have been very entertaining at least have been with uh, whatever Bray Wyatt's been doing lately and the twenty four seven title segments yes. credit to them that's the few things on TV that's been and really I doing we well. And we killed that title when it did. Oh, yeah, we butchered it on here. But, and again, I mean, listen, we still don't know what the plans are for the 24-7 championship. I'd like to see real matches for that championship still. But as far as they go, the segments have been the segments I have think been it runs. really does well for guys who really don't have a, a place on the card, and it gives them something to do, and it's memorable entertaining stuff and we got a lot of stuff like that with the hardcore title and I know you said even in the last episode I believe that you do want to see you do and you said just now you do want to see more match with the hardcore title right. uh, with a 24-7 title because the hardcore title the same thing but right it had its occasional we switched the title five times in five minutes but they also had their matches too so give me a little more of that as well and I think that would give a great opportunity for guys who are really great workers who excuse me who um just don't have an opportunity. Um, I also saw a picture recently online of apparently EC3, Robert Roode, and Cesaro won like a six-man tag in a dark match, and they photoshopped them wearing suits in like a different picture. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I want this faction. I don't Wait, even know if this is going to be a thing, but I thing, want this faction. Speaking of pictures, going back to the whole Drake Maverick wedding thing. They played the 24-7 thing so well. Like, there were pictures of, like, him, Braun Strowman, and EC3 drunk at a bachelor party, mm -hmm. and he has the championship, has the championship. around his waist. Like, uh, they played it so Matt well. Hardy, Matt Hardy's son stole the title at one point from yeah. him. He's like, he told me he would not pin me. <laughs> but, like, I mean, in social media, too, has played a big role in this. And it's, why it's, it's been, been successful. It's been done really well. Yeah, and so I'll give them credit on Credit that. to that. The 24-7 title stuff has been very entertaining. I, I've come around to it. At first, I was very pessimistic and very negative about it. But very now, against it. Very against it. But now I'm I'm all it has for potential. it. It's doing really well so far. It's it's been almost it's about a bit about a month since it's been in, in its inception, and I'm all for it now. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. See, that's one of the brighter things that they've been doing, and it's hilarious. Should we move on to Seth Rollins being a bit of a dick on Twitter? Well, I mean. <laughs> I'm not saying he's justified. I understand no. where he's coming from. No, yeah. So for those, I understand the first few tweets with him defending the WWE because yeah. he should. It's his company. For for those of you who don't know, um, Seth Rollins put out a tweet a while ago saying, um, <clears throat> Seth Rollins put a tweet a little while ago saying that uh, WWE has the best pro wrestling on the planet. Wait, real period. quick, before you even get into that, did you see Chris Jericho's tweet the other yeah, day? Yeah, like a laughing face emoji. No, it was like hashtag best wrestling on the planet, and it was the uh, the 
tug, it, the tug of war match between oh yeah and Lashley and Strowman. So I'm gonna go through these tweets here. Uh, doubling down, best for wrestling on the planet. See that cruiserweight t- triple threat, and that's just w- one, uh, one night, one match among amongst the many. Find anyone else who does what I do as well as I do as often as I do it. You can't. Will Osprey quotes the tweet and replies, "I'm alive." He, Seth Rollins replies to him, "Oh, sorry, little guy. We already have a better version of you here, and he just won his first U.S. title tonight. Congrats, Ricochet. Keep working hard, though, buddy." Um, and Chris Jericho and replied, "Chris Jericho, he's, he's bigger. Than he you. said he's actually bigger than you. They're yeah, they're not that much bigger than each other. No." Uh, but when, Ospre- when Ospre- Ospreay fires back with fact of the day: Will Osprey wrestled more matches in 2019 than R- Seth Rollins? Catch up, little guy. The kissy face emoji and and uh, Obama doing like a mic drop thing. Yeah. Rollins reply says, "I mean, if you want to talk numbers, we can compare bank accounts too." P.S. I'm counting a month off with the broken back today. Uh, uh broken back, buddy. Corbin gets involved, saying, more importantly, Baron Corbin has wrestled more matches in 2019 than Will Ospreay. Another fact, I don't actually know who you are. I just wanted to be involved in part of the convo. <laughs> and it shows Danny DeVito walking away from Explosion. And <laughs> Ospreay just goes, no wonder Ross sucks. <laughs> and replying... I think Baron, Cor- Baron Corbin, I respond with, at least you tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and to Rollins, uh, you know, the, th- the bank account thing. Ospreay replies, saying... You love adding stuff, don't you? I mean, the original question was, find anyone else alive who does what I do as well as I do it, as often as I do it. No talk of money, no talk of ricochet. You just said anyone. Here I am, just as consistent and as good as you. Hope the back heals up. Um, And he did a little interview just saying that, you know, uh, the quote here says... I just think it's a bit of a friendly banter. I love Rollins. Rollins is is, is the absolute Don... Must be a British term because I'm not familiar with Must that. Be. Uh, he's the man. You know what I mean? He's one of the best wrestlers ever, period. But you asked a question. You asked, find me someone alive as far as I'm concerned. I'm breathing. There's oxygen in my lungs. I think the last time I heard about an amazing Seth Rollins match was his one against AJ. And if you can't get a good match out of AJ Styles and I think you should leave the planet, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. And I think my run this year, not just in New Japan, in the Indies, and everywhere I've been, is I don't. Is I don't half ass anything. I don't do a terrible TV match. I just go hard every single night. If you give me an opportunity to show what I can do, I do it. And fair credit to uh, Osprey. He, I mean, he has been on a total tear lately. I mean, the I watched his Best of Super Juniors uh, final with uh, Shingo Takaji, and that was incredible. His match with Dragon Lee at uh, Dominion also incredible. Just and he's in the G1. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, and Rollins also had some choice words about Moxley leaving and kind of talking down on the, w- on the WWE. And he built him up and built him up and, you know, just pretty much saying, you know, he loves and respects um, Moxley. But, you know, he felt a little pissed and maybe betrayed that he kind of, he said he kind of took his ball, went home and and went somewhere else or whatever. But I, I can see both points from, obviously, from John Moxley. And Seth Rollins, um, you know, because, again, I think he, Rollins is more pissed off from the fact that people have been talking down the WWE product lately. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he should want to defend it. It's, he's the top baby face. He is the top, top guy in the company. Top guy in the company, the top title. So he should defend it. Absolutely. 
but at the same time he is kind of coming off as being a little bit of a dick. I mean, I uh, think at that point, not that you necessarily have to, but I think anybody would have come off on that trying to yeah, defend the WWE over the last couple I, of months. I think so, but also, I think, what else did he say about, uh, uh, the point I remember was, it's easy for Rollins to remember that, uh, to, to say all these things about Moxley, because he's always been put in a position of, he's always been at the top, like, at the top of the card right. in a high-profile match. From the beginning. Fr- fr- yeah, from the very beginning, especially when the Shield broke up. He's always yeah. been treated highly. Like him, Shield broke up him, three weeks later. He was him, the winner of the Money in the Bank. Yeah, him and Reigns have always been treated like we want to groom these guys. And whereas Ambrose, Ambrose afterward, the he was the, the red-headed stepchild of the Shield. Yeah. And they did things with him because he was just so over. And they could not deny that. Right. I just think that and I love Seth Rollins. I'm not trying to downplay Seth Rollins. I, I do think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, too, along with Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. But I guess he just kind of tried and had to try and place his words better, I guess. I mean, I at some point, it's like in the heat of the moment, things are said. And speaking of that, we'll get to Kenny Omega's rant later yeah. uh, as well. But um, I think that was just something in the heat of the moment. Like you said, he's tired of everyone bashing the product that he should be. He's the top guy. He's the champion. No, he's, you should want to have to... He's busting his ass to do the best that he can to make the product better, and it's not working. And it's not his fault. Not I, mean, I shouldn't say it's not all his fault because it's a collective product that's failing. I would I would think it's cr- it's creative thing not right. necessarily Rollins's thing no you know? exactly I mean again Rollins is doing the best that he can with what he's given and he's doing well with it he's the top guy he's the champion so when people are bashing the company and you have AEW being very successful with their first show you get their second show coming up Saturday the big show is two months away the TV deal is three months away uh you know you tend to get a little aggravated and you say things in the heat of the moment I think that's all Seth Rollins was doing I don't think he meant any harm by what he said. Yes, I think he came across, you know... Bit, you of, know, a, bit of a dick. It's all right. Bit, but you know what? I mean, I feel like if anybody was in that stance, they would have done the same thing. I don't think you could come off across as anything less than that. I think someone like Roman Reigns... Especially Ray, when somebody's going to respond back and say, actually, our wrestling's better than yours. Oh, really? Let's compare bank accounts. Th- then it's just... It starts yeah. becoming a, a, I would a think, bit much. I would think that... Given anybody in that position, I think if it was Reigns, he probably would have been the, done the same thing. If it was Cena, he would have done the same thing, you know? Just The top to, guys just, are going to defend the Yeah, company. the top guys are going to defend the company. Even when they say things where we're kind of just looking at them like, really? Like, I understand why you said it, because you need to defend the place, but even you have to understand how bad things yeah. are. And there's a quote from Moxley. Again, I, I have seen this from a, wrestler, from a page I follow on Facebook, and mm. it must have been an interview recently. Suppose a quote. I don't give a S word about what anyone thinks about me. I did everything possibly could uh, could to make change, but the system doesn't allow it. Deep down, they all know that I'll be in, in a few years, and they, uh, deep down, they all, sorry, deep <laughs> down, they know where they'll be in a few years, and they can eat humble effing pie. Um, I guess he didn't take kindly to what Rollins had to say. And I wouldn't wh- think so. Why wouldn't he? Um, and I'm trying to find this since deleted. Here it is from Kenny Omega. So, so I guess let's fill in everybody. This is also another thing that happened. No, tonight. this is all kind of Twitter right tirades from wrestling. Um, apparently, WWE had of had announced for the first time ever on their network that an outside promotion is going to be having a show. Right. 
And this was announced uh, also today, by I, the way, as we're yeah, recording this. This was announced uh, this evolve, morning as well. Evolve, evolve. I think, uh, like having an anniversary show or something. It's like the 10th anniversary show, like 10 year, I think, something like that. <laughs> yeah, and something like that. they're going to have like an NXT title match. They're having a lot of NXT guys going over there. Yes. Adam, Adam Cole's defending the title against Akira Tozawa, of all people. Right, and they're airing the show the same night as Fight for the Fallen. Which, Kenny Omega got pissed, and... For those of you who don't know, it takes a lot for Kenny Omega to get seriously mad about something and yeah. go off on Twitter because he never, ever does it. In a since-deleted tweet... <clears throat> deleted actually rather quickly. Yeah. He says, If lining your pockets with blood money is okay, then what's wrong with trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence? I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be good, a good thing, and yet I can't help but feel like I'm going to be sick. And... It brought up a lot of response, obviously, and he replied, uh, followed up that tweet with, uh, I'm trying to find it right much here. Much nicer tweet. A much nicer one, because he kind of, I guess, had a level head and cooled down for a second. Right. I said my piece, and it opened the door to a very toxic environment. It just wasn't a message to fans or the boys, just the decision makers. I wish everyone wrestling on any show that day all the best. That is all. So... Clearly, he's taking a shot at the WWE. Of course, he's taking a shot at the WWE, and it makes perfect sense for him to take a shot at the WWE because why all of a sudden now you've had all these outside companies you've been working with, with ICW and Progress and Evolve. Now, this specific day, you're going to have this show airing the same time as your pretty much your competitor. Right. This it's. It's, I think it's just another petty move by WWE. Petty PR move. Exactly. And it's going to be funny, too, because now you have to choose between Evolve and Fight for the Fallen. And Fight for the Fallen's going to stream free. Yeah, why? Why would I pick Evolve? Like, here's the thing. Why would I... I'm, I'm paying for the WWE Network. Eventually, I'll probably watch it because there's NXT guys. But the thing is, AEW's... I to watch it live. AEW's new. AEW's exciting. Yeah. So, and it's completely free. You I mean, you're going to have a big main event that night, the Rose Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Chris Jericho's going to be there. Probably going to be the main event for sure. Probably have Paige and MJF. Winner goes to face Jericho. Yeah. This just book us. This just, bu- just book us to be to be on the creative team for AEW. Why not? <laughs> Cody. We bu- watch too much being the elite. Cody, Kenny, Tony, uh, Nick, Matt, if you're listening, uh, we, 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 we are available for uh, potential uh, able fan, to fan, fan broad, broadcasters like Sam Roberts. We're able to relocate to Jacksonville. We just request a better studio. Yes. <laughs> That's all. Uh, yes. Thank you, guys. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have our people talk to your people. Back to reality. Back to re- Yes, back to reality now. Um, I think briefly I do want to get into um, the G1. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll save AEW for the end for Fighter Fest. Yeah, we'll do the predictions at the end, and then we'll get to uh, our new segment that we have planned. Yes. So um, recently, uh, when we were away, a uh, AEW uh, New Japan released uh, the brackets for um, <clears throat> for the G One uh, climax. And for those really- of you, by the way, you don't know what the G One climax is. It's basically their biggest tournament of the year. Winner of the tournament. Uh, is the number one contender for the world championship at Wrestle Kingdom in January. Thank you very much, So Sean. the winner of this tournament will face Okada in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 14, January 4th of next year. Or whoever the champion could whoever be. whoever the champion is, but it, be No, it will be Okada. Uh, if the champion, for whatever re- reason, wins the tournament because he's in it too, then he gets to choose his opponent. But I don't think that's ever happened. I was about to ask you if that ever happened. I don't think it has. Um, so First time for everything. Yes, first probably time. Not. Probably not. So here, there's two There's two blocks, an A block and a B block. 
Uh, two, four, six, eight, ten. There are ten guys in each block. Everybody faces each other at least once, and you get points. You get uh, two points for a win, one point for a draw, and zero for a loss. Now, you're probably thinking for draws. Well, New Japan do run time limits in their matches. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the standard of what they do. In the A block, we have Lance Archer, Evil, Bad Luck Fale, Kota Ibushi, Kenta, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Sonata, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Real quickly, Kenta made his debut in New Japan at Dominion, and he is in the in the G1 tournament. In the B block, we have Jeff Cobb, Hiro- Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, John Moxley, Tetsuo Naito, Juice Robinson, Tashi, Shingo Takaji, Jay White, and Toriano. So... This is a really stacked G1 uh, Could be tour- one of the tournament. better G1s they have. The A block in particular. Yeah. Um, I mean... I was going to say, I, I heard three names in there that can easily win this tournament. I mean, there are so many guys in here. Um, so in your opinion, CJ, real quick, who do you think are the early favorites to win the G1? For me, it's it's Ibushi. I've been saying this for a while. You've been saying Ibushi for the last I've, year. I've been saying Ibushi for, for months now, that he should be the one to win the G1, and I want him to win the title of Wrestle Kingdom, even though that's not necessarily a thing. The New Japan's thing is... Um, Whereas WWE has like their biggest show of the year, usually having the babyface overcome a heel champion and win the title. Usually, New Japan's thing is they test the champion and how often they can defend the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's kind of the opposite. So if you see a title change at Wrestle Kingdom for the world title, the heavyweight title... That's a real treat because it doesn't happen often. Because it happened, la- it happened last year. Well, also Omega was on his way out the door. Yeah, so the, it was, and that was kind of a special circumstance where he had to drop the belt. Yeah, and then Tanahashi was essentially a transitional champion for right, Jay, Tanahashi Jay, held the Jay White, for a month and a half, who was a transitional champion for Okada. But nevertheless, Booking was not on their sides. Those that winter, they I really feel like they had to change a lot of stuff. I think they had a lot of big plans for Omega when he was New Japan. But anyway, well, the Garden had a lot to do with that with that booking too. Yeah, I think they really wanted to do Okada and Omega. I I, I wouldn't if Omega didn't leave New Japan. I really think they would have done Okada and of Omega course. at MSG. But anyway, we got a lot of great guys in this card. Um, one match, uh, a few matches. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Osprey and. Okada, Osprey, and Ibushi, Zack Saber Jr. and and Osprey, you got Kenta and Okada, like, and then the B block you've got Moxley and Naito, Moxley and Tomohiro Ishii, Jeff Cobb and Tomohiro Ishii. So now just just like, just because I'm not as familiar with the G1 as you, I would assume winner of A and winner of B face in the final. Yes. Okay. So somebody on B and somebody on A can't face each other until the final. So it's only you're facing. Yeah. So let, let's say like. Okada and Moxley can't have a match. Okay. If Okada and Moxley made it to the final... They could. They can, yes. Right. Which would actually be really big, because like you said, it's the champion. If he wins, he gets to pick. If it's Moxley, yeah. you're basically looking at this match again in January. Essentially, yeah. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you say Ibushi, I think he's a big favorite. I, I can't count out Moxley either. There are multiple reports that he's going to win the G1. I would think the final is going to be Ibushi and Moxley. I would think so. I would think they'd be Especially those two. Especially now that we know they're on opposite sides of the bracket, too, that it, it could and probably will happen. Because I really think you'd want to get as many matches out of Moxley before he's exclusively to AEW. Which would be October. So I really would want to see a Moxley... Uh, 
and Okada, Moxley, and Osprey. But also at the same Moxley, time, Moxley and Kenta. Also at the same time, it's not a risk factor. Obviously, I mean, you know, but injuries do play a role. The last thing you want is Moxley yeah. Omega to be pulled and the G all and out. the G one is a grueling, it's a grueling schedule. Tournament. Like the it's, la- it's not just. Sorry to cut you off, but it's not just, you know, if you don't have a tournament match, you're not wrestling. They're doing, like, multiple man, ta- multi-tag matches on these shows right. for days days upon end. Right. The last thing you want is, for some horrible reason, you know, while Omega is sitting at home training, Moxley is in the ring, he's in the G1 or whatever, and all of a sudden, God forbid, he gets hurt, and then your double main event in at All Out is ruined. But because that should be your part one of that main event. I'm Moxie sure there's there's concern for for Moxley, but at the same time, re- for the most part, wrestlers are running AEW, so they're going to understand that injuries will come. They just got to hope for the best and hope that it's not a serious injury. Right. But getting ahead of ourselves, um, I have uh, Cody Ibushi as my prediction to win the whole thing. Sean, who do you have? It, it's tough because, again, I mean, you know, you, you have Moxley who can do it. You know, Tanahashi's a big name, but I have to agree with you. I think it's time for Ibushi. I, I really felt like this when he dropped the IC title. Like, that's the, the moment I was like, all right. That's why I picked Naito. He's winning the G1. Like, Which, it's did happening. you see that German suplex spot? Yeah. I'm glad he's not dead. Yeah. Glad he's okay. Can we stop doing that? Like That took a lot of sour taste in people's mouth of, like, that... Because the match was great, but people were like really hammering home, like, man, they really were kicking the See, crap out of each See, that would have been a good spot if executed properly, but still a horrifically dangerous spot. And he was fine. And an unnecessary spot, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I think Ibushi was really pissed, too, apparently, because people were were so focusing on that, on that specific spot. But they forgot about the match. They forgot how good the match was. Right, but you got to understand, too, it's like, in, and Jericho has said this multiple times, why are we doing this to ourselves these spots are so unnecessary like mm-hmm. and and he would advocate like the match was so good why are you adding that spot at the end forcing serious injury especially to somebody who's the favorite to win the G1 all of a sudden if that move of, went sure slightly more wrong he's out of the G1 he's out of wrestling he's out of wrestling for like, at least you, a year you shouldn't mess around with your head and your neck that's I was going to say he's he's lucky stuff. that all he got was a stiff neck maybe a concussion I really don't know what it was he's okay he's, he's fine he's he, and he's lucky got, got, he's very lucky he's other, lucky that's not other, necessary other guys have not been so lucky yeah um like imagine your favorite going into the G1 has a broken neck right beforehand well they have to figure things out and they have to change plans obviously right but, but my point is that sh- that spot shouldn't have had to happen that's my point. Didn't have to. Especially and, with and, and, and it's a shame was. that people kind of just are just so focusing on that one spot when the match itself was was very well. Uh, but at the same time, like, how can you not focus on that? I like their MSG match a lot more, though. It's a lot better. But anyway... Well, you have a personal attachment. You were there. I do. And it was a history-making match. Yeah. But anyway... Um, looks like we're eventually in the future we're going to get Chris Jericho versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. Um, I'm... Yes, please. I would love that. Probably Wrestle Kingdom will get that. Well, that's the thing too with the, with that Dominion match was the right guy went over and Jericho got his heat and left. Yeah, and set up something else. A lot of people, were kind of, lot of people were kind of like downplaying that match. I'm like, I didn't think it was bad. No, it, it was, was a typical. It was it was a different style of match for Okada to work. It was an Okada who was fast paced, <laughs> fast paced, good craft in the ring, and you had a guy like Jericho, a 25 year veteran. 
knows his craft in the ring. Little twenty-eight year veteran. Twenty-eight year, little slower. Actually, in, almost thirty. I was listening. 30. Sorry to cut you off. I was listening. He had SCU in their podcast, and he said he's been in the business for almost thirty years yeah. now. Little slower in the ring with Okada, but at the same time, the veteran experience makes up for it. Yeah, I thought it was a decent match. No, I liked it. It was a good finish. Yeah, Jericho, you know, once again to breaking all the New Japan rules, taking out the champion at the end, got his heat, and he set up Tanahashi for yeah. You, you, next you, month you, or so. you planted the seeds for a for a match with Hiroshi Tanahashi, right. one, of, one of the greatest. Japanese wrestlers of all time probably take place what you say before or after all out mm, I feel like because the one match the one place I feel like they can do it is at Wrestle Kingdom that's the only thing I can think yeah. of the only one I don't know. Anyway, but time will, time will tell with how exclusive these guys are going to be after the TV deal. Now, I remember Cody Rhodes saying that a lot of these guys are going to be able to do a lot of outside projects, but that was also said before the TNT deal was announced. Very true. So, does Cody still... Now, don't get me wrong. He said Jericho's still going to have the crews, and I'm actually very excited to see what they do with the crews now that his specific brand is going to be on it. Makes sense. Like, like they're going to... Think about it. They could tape a, an episode of TV on the cruise. Yeah, they, probably they could. Will they probably will? They'll they probably, probably will. What for a tape live? If they, to, well, to, I mean, Tony Khan said that somebody could figure that out. Tony said that they're going to do live t- on Steve Austin's podcast recently. He said they're going to do live TV every week. Go to different cities throughout the country. No, 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 I'm not downing that. I'm just saying that that's that's very risky and and difficult to do overseas. And I should say overseas. I mean, in the sea. I should say. It is overseas. Time will tell. It is. But anyway, uh, Tony Khan brought a lot of insight. I think we should just move on to a little bit of AEW now, getting Mm -hmm. the Fighter Fest. Tony Khan brought a lot of insight that he's saying that they are putting a big focus on tag team wrestling and that when the TV deal is put into place with TNT, there will be a tag team tournament to determine the first ever AEW tag team champions. Um, There's matches where... Two teams will get first round buys, and we'll get into one of those matches later on. Uh, that's going to be a fighter fest this Saturday. Um, thinking about the tag team division, I mean, they've got SCU, they've got Private Party, which I've seen highlights of those guys. I'm very excited to the see the Young them. Bucks. The Young Bucks, obviously, the Lucha Brothers. You got the best friends, Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta. Um, formerly Super Smash Brothers, now they're. Uh, Dark Legion? Something like something that. Something like that. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yes. They, sh- they showed up after uh, uh, Angelico and Jack Evans. Mm-hmm. They're great, too. Um, I am probably forgetting a few teams. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, Jungle Boy and... Um, you could put Jungle Boy and Lucas, Lucas, Luchasaurus together. Yes, Luchasaurus. Yeah, you could yes. put those two together. Sorry, his name was Blanket, but you can. Yeah, you could do that. Just to even throw um, another tag team in there to just make a better tournament. You put Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janela together for, for yeah. whatever reason. Just to have guys in the tournament, you know? Right. But anyway, <coughs> excuse me. Um, the one thing I just don't want from this, and most fans probably would want it, but at the same time you don't because it gives off a bad way to the rest to like, oh, really? You did that? That's, yeah. that's why you started your own company? Is having the Young Bucks win them. I don't want the Young Bucks to I win. I think they'll be in the finals I, to justify yeah. people watching. But yeah, I, I wouldn't want I would rather have like the Lucha Brothers or SCU or a younger team I mean, it's them. inevitable that they're all going to be champions over time. Over time, yes. But you know they're writing the shows. Let's not have you. Yeah, we know ones. that they're the bookers of the show That's and they're the more EVPs. I think about it, and I know Hangman Page isn't a writer of the show, but the more I think about it, the more I believe Chris Jericho is going to be the world champion at first. I be- it could go either way, man. Like, it could go either way, you, but I liked your theory about I'd rather have Paige chase the title. 
that, have, that is true. And have Jericho win the belt going into the team. You have deal. you have great theories of like Jericho putting the mainstream appeal, and then you have another one of Paige being the first one being like, This is new, we want to appeal the new as guy new, over. Put the new guy over. So either one is fine. Either one is fine going into the T V deal, but I think the better option would to have the legend really take them into the TV deal with the championship. My opinion might change by the time August comes around. Um, Again, I, I don't the build know. up could lead us into a different opinion. That's just how I feel at the moment, two months out. No, no. But, and but the build up could change and it could be like, you know what, I think Paige is going to win. They could. But if, if, I'd ask, if I'd say right now, I'd say it's Jericho. Yeah, probably. But anyway, we got Fighter Fest this Saturday, baby. Which actually turned to a much better show than I thought it would. Oh, yeah. This is, this is actually really... For a B-level... Show for AEW. Can't even call it a pay per view. It's free. no. This this is really really cool. Um, free on Bleacher Report Live. People don't pay for it on Fight TV. I don't know why that's an option. If you're in the U.S., watch. And if you like pro wrestling, if you have the time on a Saturday, for God's sakes, watch Fighter Fest. This is going to be a really Fighter re- Fest. as or as Kenny Omega says, like that Fighter Fest. Just Kenny, just- what the f did you do? <laughs> He spent too much money. He, he spent half he the called, budget. He called Robert Downey Jr. a prick <laughs> because he wouldn't show up at Fighter Fest. He's like, he's like, you're all, all we have you're, is you're, bread. You're, you're all you're, you're all washed up now. Iron Man's dead. All we have is what am I supposed to do, do with bread? <laughs> so why don't we get into the predictions? Yes, like you said, let's Fighter do it. Fest this Saturday from uh, the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach. Um, again, like I said, a much better card. Um, than we thought it was going to be. Why don't we start with the uh, the buy-in? Michael Nakazawa, Naka, Naka, Nakazawa uh, versus Alex. How do you pronounce his last name? Jabali. In a hardcore match, this one had a lot of build-up too. Surprisingly, <laughs> who do you like in this? But one? do you know who Michael Jabali? Uh, I'm sorry, Alex Jabali is. I I, I watched the. Um, he's like if for those of you who don't know, he's like the head of the the of whole the CFO of the CEO or CEO the sorry. CEO con the video game convention. And apparently he had a match last year against Nakazawa. Yeah, where he um, tore his Achilles. Yeah, I'm going with Michael Nakazawa because he's the wrestler, and it just makes sense. I mean, I'll take Nakazawa just because it's an AEW wrestling show. Yeah. You want him to go over, but I, per- I honestly, it's a hardcore match. Anything can happen. They're both going to beat the crap out of each other. It'll be fun to watch, uh, but I'll take Nakazawa. Nakazawa, okay. SCU versus Best Friends versus Private Parties in the buy-in as well. Like you mentioned before, the winners will earn a shot at All Out for a first-round buy in the World Tag Team Championship Tournament. Who do you got in this one and why? SCU! SCU! Uh, yeah, I've got SCU uh, just because... I feel like you got the experience there with them as a tag team. Not that these guys don't have experience like Bretta and uh, Chucky. But this is a big tag team going. It is a big. I think having a big tag team in there and having more of the younger guys kind of like really fight and claw and and getting getting guys like Private Party in that tournament to really fight and claw in that tournament, I think would be really good. Um, But yeah, I'm going with uh, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. Uh, They'll take the win here. I'll agree with you on that. Just seems better fit for them to really justify this tag team tournament. I think if you give them a good place in the tournament, it'll justify it a lot better. I'll take SCU to win this match. I think it'll be one of the better matches of the night, too. I'm excited for that one. Absolutely. Especially for Private Party, man. I can't wait to see those guys. Christopher Daniels versus Shima. Who do you got in one? Originally, I had CD for this. I had Christopher Daniels, but Shima's got a match against Kenny Omega at Fight for the Fallen, so he and him and the Stronghearts already lost uh, at double or nothing, so I'm gonna go with Shima because you have to build him up to be a credible opponent for Kenny. 
I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go Christopher Daniels for a different reason. We've been mentioning that we're they've been mentioning in the documentaries too that um, CD wants to make people remember he's a good singles wrestler you know can Mm -hmm. I still hang as a singles wrestler you know I was the ROH world champion at one point you know and at this stage of my career you know do I still have the ability to go one on one that's why Shima picked me to have this match I am good that was all on BTE yeah I'm gonna take Christopher Daniels for the win on this Um, when it comes to Shima Kenny Omega I think that kind of writes itself I know Shima lost at double or nothing but the thing is Omega's not gonna lose a fight for the fallen no but I, I do think I know wins and losses matter and all of that, but I don't think this would hurt him in the slightest if he lost against Christopher Daniels. So I'll take CD in this match. All right. Let's go Nyla Rose versus Rio, if that's how you say it, versus Yuka Sakazaki. Who do you got and why? Um, Rio and Yula Sakazaki were both uh, in the six-women tag match yes. at Double or Nothing. And a lot of people liked uh, Sakazaki because she, she was the genie girl. Yeah. Excuse me. Um keep burping and coughing a lot. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go with Nyla Rose. Um, Swerve you, people. Thought I was going to go with Japanese <laughs> girls. No, I, I, I think I'm going to go with Nyla Rose because I think this can uh, build her as like a dominant um, force in not to, you know, no puns intended or anything, but just kind of build her up as a credible monster heel. Um, yeah. Uh, who you got? I will agree with you. I'm Nyla Rose as well. Um, you know, and, and I understand what we were saying before about, you know, Christopher Daniels and Shima before. But I think in this stance, too, like you said, I think you want to build up Nyla Rose as a big heel and a monster heel leading into the, the future shows. Mm-hmm. You know, with the fact that she lost a double or nothing to Britt Baker, I think you have to give her a win in this stance. Smiley kind Kylie Ray took the took the pinfall, which... Right, but Nyla w- still lost. Yeah. So um, I think you give her a win here, and especially because she didn't technically mm-hmm. get pinned, I think you give her the win here. We... Oh, we missed uh, another buy-in, uh, buy-in match. And which one? Smiley Kylie Ray versus Leva Bates with Peter Avalon in her corner. Okay. The librarians. Oh, the librarian. I'll take Kylie Ray in this one. Same reason. She took the pin at double or nothing. Give her a win. Just fire character. I'll go with Smiley Kylie as well. Um, fun fact, Leva Bates is blue pants. Is that Rem- right? Remember blue pants? Yes, I do. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> the Vaughn villains were relevant for five minutes. <laughs> oh my god, I miss those good times. Um, uh, yeah, creative. <laughs> Leva Bates is uh, was blue pants, but I'm gonna go with Kylie Ray. Um, apparently, um, I was watching uh, Cultaholics predictions, and uh, Ben Potter said apparently, or, or Jack uh, Job, the Jobber was saw a comment saying that apparently she's Bailey on crack. <laughs> Cocaine Bailey, um, <laughs> but I was just like, I I don't know. <laughs> it, it made me laugh, but I wouldn't go that far. I understand the similarities. No, but the, the Bailey and her have very much sim- very similar personalities. But Bailey I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Crack. I'm gonna go with Kylie Ray. Yeah. I think um, she took the pinfall in Double or Nothing, and wins and losses, like they've said, does matter in this. So I'm gonna go with Kylie. Right. Let's go with Hangman Page versus MJF versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy in a four-way match. Who do you got and why? I'm going with MJF because um, he can get the win here and then he can, whether he pins Hangman or he pins Havoc or Jungle Boy, he can still say, I won that match. You were in that match. You So you lost... And I and that can set up the match between Hangman and MJF at Fight for the Fallen for the a shot at Hangman Page's shot uh, at the 
at the world title at All Out. So. I'm going to agree with you 100%. That's the same reason I'm going with MJF. I think whether he does pin Hangman or not, and I actually think he does, I'm going to predict saying he does pin MJF, or he does pin Hangman Page, I think it does set up fight for the fall and winner faces Chris Jericho at All Out. I'll take MJF to win yeah. the four-way match. Cody versus Darby Allen. Who do you got and why? Uh, Cody, because um, not too many people know who Darby Allen is. Mm-hmm. I only found out who Darby Allen was towards the end of last year. Um, I've seen bits and pieces of him, but I saw highlights on the Nightmare uh, American Nightmare Family YouTube channel of him facing Pentagon, and I like him. I like his style. Um, but I'm going to go with Cody here because, again, he's got the match with uh, with Dustin against the Young Bucks, so Cody, obviously. I agree. Cody as well, but I do think this is a good showing out of Darby Allen. Like you said, not a lot of people know who this guy is. This is the platform for him to show who he is. But again, I mean, you know, it, this is a tough card to predict because it's almost predictable because you have these big matches in three weeks after mm-hmm. to worry about. Like, for example, like Kenny Omega and Shima, uh, the Young Bucks versus the Rhodes Brothers that's likely to main event the show. Uh, MJF and Hangman Page likely to take place at Fight for the Fall. And you have all these matches re- really leading into Fight for the Fall. And it is, it feels kind of like a predictable but tough card to predict. But I will go with Cody on this. I think he needs a big win to set up the Rhodes Brothers versus the Young Bucks in three weeks, so I'll take Cody to win this match. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. Who do you got and why? The Elite. The the Elite. Yeah, I'm going with the Elite. Um, I think that Kenny needs to look strong going into um, All Out to face Moxley. Um, plus, if you want to have the... Again, the Young Bucks looking strong, too, going in against the match against Cody and Dustin. Um, I don't think this hurts uh, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix in the slightest. Especially because they just won the AAA tag titles back. Yeah. Um, I know that's not really a- necessarily AEW. They're partners. They're partners. So I I think that this doesn't hurt the Lucha Bros and uh, Laredo Kid. Yeah. Which I'm not familiar with him at all, but I've seen some. Well, it was supposed to be Pac. It was supposed to be Pac, but... Who knows? Uh, which I saw some like highlights of him having a match with Sammy Guevara, which is doing a lot of crazy, innovative stuff. So I'm excited for this. This could be very flippy, mm-hmm. uh, flippy, flippy shit match. You know? Yeah. So this looks, uh, it's good. Plus, it's the it's been a long time since the original Elite have gotten together in an old six man tag. Those yeah. those matches are a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely, and I will agree with you. I think Kenny and the Young Bucks need some momentum going into fight for the Fallen. Obviously, both or both or all three of them, I should say, have big matches three weeks from now. And again, the same reason. You have to build them up strong. Kenny against Shima, Young Bucks against Cody and Dustin. They'll take the win here. Lucha, if the Lucha Brothers didn't win the tag belts back in Mexico, my opinion would be very different. I think the Lucha Bros would need the win more than the Young Bucks, especially if the Young Bucks still had the belts. Yeah, but because they went and dropped them in Mexico. But I'll they've take, been trading wins back and forth. Right, like, so I'll take the Young Bucks and Kenny to win this. Finally, John Moxley versus Joey Janela in an unsanctioned match. Th- this is going to be insane. Who do you got and why? Moxley. This is going to be uh, probably the best match on the show. If you cringe at the at the littlest things, I wouldn't watch this match. If you have not seen the insane amount of bumps that Joey Janela has taken in your life, be prepared for some really nasty bumps. Like these two are legit going to murder each other. <laughs> like the things that Moxley did before he went to WWE as Dean Ambrose were insane. The, the hardcore, like the hardcore death matches he was having. The guy had like. Like a, a saw, like electric saw, cut open his forehead. Yeah, 
He's falling through barbed wire and from flaming tables and just bleeding everywhere. And Joey Janela has done these really stupid, ridiculous bumps where the, the kid can almost die. I mean, if you thought the choke slam spot he took at Double or Nothing was bad with the with the table, yeah. Oh man, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing. Wait till Saturday. You're gonna see it all. I'll take Moxley as well. Uh, but these two are legit gonna kill each other. Like Moxley might not live to talk about it. I like, love the promo work these two have been doing on yeah. the, on being the elite and the Nightmare YouTube channel and AEW's YouTube channel. Like the last promo that Joey Janela cut, he's like, I'd rather be sitting here than be a version of what you've been doing for like the past 10 years. I've had nobody come up to me and wear a stupid janitor outfit. What if he's just, just downplaying Moxley saying like, I've been doing things more than you ever did in your, in your mediocre, uh, me, mediocre career. Yeah. Just really hammering home that like he's a shill of his former self. But this is the match where Moxley's going to prove like, I'm going to show all you MFers what I'm all about. Yep. I agree. Moxley as well. And I'm, I'm going to go in, I'm going to kick Joey Janela's ass, and he's going to wish he was dead. Yeah, exactly. So that'll do it for those predictions. Before we wrap up, we have a new segment we uh, we want to debut on this podcast too. And so CJ has been going back and forth uh, trying to get blocked from Vince Russo. On More Twitter. like back. Just There's back. been, there's been Not no... Not back and forth, just back. So we're going to debut a segment called Has CJ Been Blocked on Twitter by Vince Russo Today? Uh, I will redo the word choice if I have to later. Um, and as you can hear the clown music in the background, we have that all set, ready to go. So basically, CJ is just going to read like the last few tweets to Vince Russo that he sent that could get him blocked. And basically, this segment is only going to end uh, in one of two ways. Either Twitter suspends CJ's account. Um, Please, Twitter, don't suspend could, my account. Well, you could make a burner account and then do it again. Or Vince Russo blocks CJ on Twitter. So, CJ, I guess while you're pulling up the tweets, kind of just give you the origin of why you have decided to do this. Out of all the people in the professional wrestling world that I think I dislike the most... Um, well, actually, that's probably Shane McMahon at the moment. But as far as people over time who I've just had the same opinion for and hasn't changed and will never, ever change, it's Vince Russo. Because the guy is just, it's clear now more than ever that he's a, he's an idiot. He has no idea what the hell he's talking about. He, he tried to get the thing of the AEW and WWE are working together. He's like, bro, I'm just saying, bro, it's a possibility that sounds interesting, bro. Either one of two things are happening here, bro. That Vince McMahon and the higher-ups in Triple H and Bruce Pritchard are completely incompetent or AEW and WWE are working together. I'm like, no, it's Vince McMahon's incompetent, first of all. You... <sighs> going through the things that I've... I just, I just kind of want to get blocked by him on Twitter. <laughs> so... Um, someone went on this kind of started when Jericho someone tweeted Jericho saying what's your opinion on Vince Russo's claim that AEW is in cahoots with WWE actually says in cahoots with WWE censoring and Jericho says clickbait not even 1% true and I just tag Vince Russo and I say stop with a uh, face palm emoji and he puts out a podcast saying like 3am Eastern Westwood One podcast with the AEW thing and I put the gif of Michael Jordan going stop it get some help <laughs> and one of the last ones I, d I, I did was let's see if I can find it here 
Now, I'm going to try and play this, but it's probably not going to get really good. So, one of the last ones it is when me, when Vince, I tag him, when Vince Intro says, All Elite Wrestling and WWE are working together. Let's see if this works here. No, just give me one second here. But it's just, it's just ridiculous the amount of things he's saying. This is live to tape, lately. everybody. Yeah, live to tape. So, here is what I put. No, 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 no. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. We actually got levels on that. Not bad. That's, that's, I can fix that That later. is what I think when Russo, the, the, just the shit that comes out of his mouth, I, I just can't stand it. And... To the quick, quick story to this, the big brother answer, no, he hasn't blocked me yet, but I'm determined. That is a goal in my life, to have Vince Russo block me on Twitter. So we will continue this segment until that day comes, CJ, thank you very much. You have to continue to, you know, clickbait. I have to continue to troll Vince Russo on Twitter. Yes, you have to continue to troll Vince Russo this week. So with that... But I will say a segment that I've wanted to do is suggesting a match, something that you may have not seen before. One th it's uh, something that I'd like to do every week. I want to try and suggest a match to somebody to watch. They've seen it, haven't seen it. Just go out and watch it. Um, one thing I want to do, uh, go watch a match with Will Ospreay and Walter um, at an indie show. I can't remember the name of the company, but it would tell a great story where Walter was trying to win all these indie titles and he was pretty much using it as a bargaining chip so he could go to WWE and make more money, and now he's there now as the UK champion. Um, and whereas Will Ospreay, uh, this promotion was his stomping grounds, and he wants to be the champion there because he loves it. And it's a really great, great story. Um, that is my suggestion. Will Ospreay versus Walter. Hard-hitting hell of a match. Will, will Vince Russo block me on Twitter? Uh, we'll find out. And he catches wind of this and uses us and calls us marks? Well... You just gave us free publicity, pal. Who's yep. the idiot? Yep, who's the idiot now? All right, so that'll do it for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Hopefully he does do it because, again, who's the idiot now? Now we just have more people listening. Yeah, I know. But we're kind of... that we're actually smarter than Vince Russo. We're kind of idiots just talking about him, giving him free press. It's just funny. It's funny. To, it's just funny, and it gives us a segment to create. So we'll be back next week. We'll discuss Fighter Fest. We'll start uh, looking forward to Fight for the Fallen. We'll start laying out the groundworks for Extreme Rules. We'll start to see if Raw and SmackDown get any better with the new executive directors. In Let's charge. hope so. Let's hope so. Let's hope we at least start seeing some positive changes in the next couple of weeks. Listen, I'm not saying that we're getting a five-star Raw and SmackDown next week, but I am saying let's start seeing the changes. It's the right foot. In the right direction. Yes. Having Bischoff and Heyman coming in and taking charge of SmackDown and Raw. Absolutely. And will Vince Russo block CJ on Twitter from now into our next podcast? Find out next week on Scooby-Doo. Tune in to find out. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. See you next time.